The Daily Rios, episode 335, for Tuesday, August 2nd, 2016. The Return of Timeline Tuesday. You're Mary Jane Watson? (laughs) Face it, Tiger. You just hit the jackpot. I don't know about you, but this has always been one of my favorite episodes to do because I love comic book history, and this gives me a chance to explore that history uh, in a unique way. So I decided to bring it back. And if you have never heard one of these episodes, this is Timeline Tuesday. What I do is uh, basically I look backwards 10 years ago, 25 years ago, 50 years ago, and sometimes even 75 years ago to celebrate comic book anniversaries, special events, first appearances, first issues, final issues, storylines, creators, etc., etc. It's a way to kind of reflect back and go, whoa, I didn't know that was 10 years ago, or wow, I can't believe that was 50 years ago. Um, Sometimes things line up with what is going on currently, um, which is always kind of interesting. In fact, we get one of those in one of these... um, anniversaries today. And um, basically, the other thing I do is I try to look at actual shipping dates for these comics. So I either check my personal notes against uh, stuff that you can find on the internet here and there. Um, These are not cover dates. These are actual dates. So when I say 10 years ago, that means all these books came out 10 years ago, August of 2006, and that's actually where we're going to start. So August 2006, 10 years ago, what was going on? Well, one of the biggest things that was going on that certainly was exciting us over on Comic Geek Speak and me personally because I love Cosmic, Marvel was kicking off the Annihilation six-issue event. They had just put out a prologue. They had just wrapped up the four miniseries that led to the event, the four miniseries were Nova, Ronin, Silver Surfer, and Super Scroll. And then they were going to kick off this event called Annihilation by Keith Giffen and Andrea DeVito, Andy Schmidt, Bill Roseman. This is truly the beginning, um, the official beginning of what would be known as Marvel Cosmic that would eventually be turned into the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Now, prior to this, Keith Giffen was on six issues of Thanos that he took over from Jim Starlin, um, where he uh, introduced a lot of the um, different elements that would show up in this event. Uh, He also wrote the Drax miniseries prior to this. And then through all of this, um, having interviewed Andy Schmidt and Bill Roseman, they talked about how um, the Legion five years later run was one of their favorite runs. And who else but to steer the cosmic ship than Keith Giffen, and that's what they did. So they brought him on, and we get uh, Annihilation, featuring Peter Quill and Thanos and Drax the Destroyer and Cammy and Gamora, Galactus and his heralds, Nova, um, all up against uh, Annihilus. And uh, such a cool, cool event, and it would would eventually spawn some um, sequels, Annihilation Conquest, the Thanos Imperative, um, War of the Kings, etc., etc. So that was 10 years. Also 10 years ago. So spinning out of Infinite Crisis and one year later, DC was in a little bit of a resurgence mode, and they had some new titles that were in some, some of their earlier numberings, such as Checkmate, Secret Six, Shadow Pact, Blue Beetle, Ion, Flash, Wonder Woman. 
Uh, and along came, 10 years ago, Justice League of America by Brad Meltzer, Ed Bennis. Started with a zero issue. The first issue was 10 years ago in August of 2006. This is the series that would eventually give us the lightning saga that would bring back the Legion of Superheroes. Um, a fun series. Um, Dwayne McDuffie would eventually take over. And um, uh, for the first you know two years or so, it was actually really pretty good. So that was 10 years ago. Also from DC through their Wildstorm imprint, we had The Boys, issues 1 and 2 by Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson. It would only last with Wildstorm for six issues before DC decided to uh, drop it because they were a little worried that the anti-superhero slant um, just felt like something they didn't want in-house, whether they were right or wrong about that. And it reverted back to the creators and they took it to Dynamite for the rest of the run. Uh, what else do we have? We have Agents of Atlas, number one of six, by Jeff Parker and Leonard Kirk, featuring the 1950s Avengers, which is a concept that was started in What If, number nine, from 1978. What if the Avengers had formed in the 50s, and you had characters such as Gorilla Man, and Jimmy Woo, and Jan the Jungle Girl, Namora, Venus, the M11 human robot, Marvel Boy... And also 3D Man, but I don't believe he was featured in this six issues. Um, but it was a great concept. Uh, I really dug it. I thought it was an interesting little corner of the Marvel Universe that was um, getting its share, getting its uh, you know exposure at this time, which was pretty cool. Uh, let's see. We have some random things here. Batman 656 was the second Grant Morrison issue of his run. Civil War was up to issue four at this point. And I think that's where the second Civil War is actually at right now. Um, there was a Vertigo Dead Man series that kicked off. It would last 13 issues by Bruce Jones. Never read it. Um, there was a 15 issues Hero Heroes for Hire series that just started. This was by Jimmy Palmiotti and Justin Gray, and then eventually would be written by Zeb Wells, spinning out of Civil War. Um... We have Kickback Graphic Novel from Dark Horse by David Lloyd. Uh, from Image, we have Phonogram, which would be six issues. So Phonogram number one by Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey, which I'm pretty sure this is the series that brought those creators to everyone's attention, especially Marvel, where both of those creators would um, eventually wind up. The DC series known as Solo wraps up with issue 12 featuring work by Brendan McCarthy, Superman at this time was being written by Kurt Busiek, and this was the second issue where he was joined by Carlos Pacheco, and I always loved this run. Number one for the Pacheco artwork, but also because it featured a very interesting take on Arion, the Lord of Atlantis. I believe it was called the Camelot storyline, so uh, I haven't read that in a while, um, and it wraps up in an annual, which I never read, so I'll have to finish that someday. Also going on at DC at this time... Um, also, after the whole one year later thing, they put out this one shot called DC Brave New World, and it was meant to be a kickoff of six different new titles, uh, miniseries, featuring um, The Creeper by Steve Niles, Martian Manhunter, OMAC, a new version of OMAC, Trials of Shazam, Uncle Sam and the Freedom Fighters, and the all-new Adam. And two of those, Uncle Sam and the Freedom Fighters... Um, and All New Adam were based on notes by Grant Morrison and then taken over by different creators to develop into a series. 
and they were really, really awesome. Uncle Sam and the Freedom Fighters was by Jimmy Palmiotti and Justin Gray. All New Adam was by Gail Simone, featuring, I want to say artwork by John Byrne, but I I can't remember if that's right. Um, and Trials of Shazam by Judd Winnick. Um, the artwork was by Howard Porter, I believe. And this was where Howard Porter started to develop his style differently from what you may have remembered from his JLA run with Grant Morrison. And certainly, you know, if you know his stuff from Justice League 3000 or Justice League 3001 or the current Scooby-Doo Apocalypse series, um, this is kind of where he would begin that journey into his slightly newer style that was uh, really just quite a different take from what we we may know him from, um, from JLA, but it's brilliant. It's really good. I mean, his Justice League 3000 and 3001 stuff is, you have to see it. It's so detailed and so interesting. All right, so that's all 10 years ago. We move to 25 years ago, 1991. Some We're getting into some very important years here in the 90s. DC at this time was running Armageddon 2001 tie-ins with all of their annuals. They were also doing a bunch of crossovers with War of the Gods, Marvel was up to issue four of Infinity Gauntlet, which is certainly apropos with their movies nowadays. Uh, Then we have Batman Holy Terror, which was an Elseworlds one-shot by Alan Brennard and Norm Brayfogle. This is considered to be the official first Elseworlds, the one-shot that actually had the Elseworlds logo on it. So you may know of Gotham by Gaslight that came out in the 80s with art by Mike Mignola. But that didn't have the Elseworlds logo, and it it, it really wasn't considered an Elseworlds at the time. Um, it was because of Gotham by Gaslight, the success of it, that DC said, hey, maybe we could do a whole bunch of other ones. And that's how they developed the line, and that's how we got Batman Holy Terror 25 years ago. Daredevil was up to 297, beginning the last rights storyline that would lead to issue 300. There was a new Deathstroke the Terminator series. It was up to issue three, and DC is currently trading that series. I believe they're up to about the third volume. Um, The Flash TV special hit the stands. Impact Comics was just, you know, fairly new with titles such as Comet and Fly and Jaguar, Web, Legend of the Shield, and eventually the Black Hood, and eventually down the road Crusaders. Um, Captain America Sentinel of Liberty. It was a four-issue series, and at this time, issue three had hit the stands. It was by Fabian Nicieza, Kevin McGuire, Terry Austin, and Paul Mounts. It was a retelling of Captain America's origin, and it is beautiful and so interesting, and I doubt that anybody even relates to this origin anymore. Um, But if you can find it, it was four prestige issues. It's fantastic. It's so fantastic. Um... Also, Marvel put out the first issue of the 12-issue series of NFL Super Pro. Uh, we have Justice League America and Europe at this town uh, at this time was featuring the breakdown storyline. This would put an end to the Bwahaha era in about another, I would say about four or five months, and eventually would kick off the Dan Jurgens Justice League of America run. Um, this is just sort of a casual mention. Uh, Steve Epting had just begun his Avengers run, maybe about two, three issues ago, 
And it's one of my favorite eras artistically. I know it's very raw, and it's the time when the the Avengers all were wearing those um, brown jackets with the A on their sleeves. But I loved it. I loved that run, and I love that version of Steve Epting's art for some reason. Don't ask me why. Um, Ragman number one by Keith Giffen, Robert Lauren Fleming, and Pat Broderick. This would run for eight issues and would totally revamp Ragman uh, post-crisis. And then, of course, I, I mean, this is the biggie right here. You, you can't deny um, the impact of this next, next little bit of information. So 25 years ago, August of uh, 1991, we would get the mutant genesis revamp of the entire X-Men line. Now, X-Factor was already up to issue three by Rob Liefeld and Fabian Nicieza, but this is the month that gave us uh, Uncanny X-Men 281 by Jim Lee, Will Sportacio, and John Byrne, also X-Factor 71 by Peter David and Larry Stroman, and of course, X-Men number one with all of its covers by Chris Claremont and Jim Lee. And what a time to be uh, a comic book reader. This is the this is probably right around when I really started getting back into comics after being away for about oh about two three years, but that X Men revamp, whew, I was all in it, all in it. So yeah, that is uh, that's twenty five years ago. We're gonna jump to fifty years ago, nineteen sixty six, Adventure Comics three forty nine, featuring the Legion of Superheroes. It's the first appearance of Universo and his son, Ron Vidar. Um, If you know Universo, he's a big Legion villain. And eventually it'll get uh, retconned that he was also a renegade Green Lantern. That's actually how he started his villain career. Amazing Spider-Man 42, 50 years ago, major issue. The first full appearance of Mary Jane Watson with her dialogue of Face It Tiger, You Just Hit the Jackpot. Detective Comics 356, first full appearance of The Outsider, a character that was revealed to be Alfred Pennyworth. Uh, We have Green Lantern 48, uh, which was the first appearance of Goldface. Brave and the Bold 68, featuring Batman and Metamorpho, where Batman gets transformed, no lie, into what is called Bat-Hulk. Yeah, you have to see it to believe it. Um, And then here's where, you know, comics and anniversaries and current goings-on all collide. We have Thor 133, the second appearance, his first appearance was in 132, of Ego, the Living Planet. And if you don't know what I mean, um, and you don't want to be spoiled, just uh, just know that it has something to do with the um, Marvel Cinematic Universe. And finally, we wrap it up. 75 years ago, 1941, World's Finest Comics number three, featuring the first appearance of The Scarecrow. I didn't realize he was that old. Uh, We have All-Star Comics number seven, Batman and Superman join the JSA. Adventure Comics 67, first appearance of the Starman foe, known as The Mist. Star Spangled Comics number one, featuring the first appearance of Star Spangled Kid and Stripesy also featuring the first appearance of the Jonathan Law version of the Tarantula, and a character known as Captain X, which uh, he would be retconned into becoming the grandfather of Firestorm during the John Ostrander run in the late 80s, 
There's a weird little bit of DC continuity there. Star Spangled Comics would run for about 130 issues and then become a Western title after that. And finally, we wrap it up with another major important appearance, Captain America Comics number 7, first appearance of the Red Skull. Now, not the first appearance of the Red Skull as a concept. We've seen him before this. But this is where the man that would eventually be known as Johann Schmidt, uh, this is where he would um, take over the guise of the Red Skull. Or basically in the story he would say, you know the Red Skull that came before me? Well, that was just my lackey. And now uh, I'm the true Red Skull. And this really truly was the first appearance of Johann Schmidt, even if he wasn't named. And that would certainly give credence to the whole idea of multiple people being Red Skull and um, uh, the character being a major part of the Captain America mythos. So there you go. Timeline Tuesday for August 2016. Uh, Let me know if I missed anything. Let me know if there's anything that um, you are fond of in all of those anniversaries. You can send me feedback, peter at thedailyrios.com. This has been episode 335 for Tuesday, August 2nd.